Scientifically, everything is a vibration, right? Like at a molecular level, if you go back, everything is a vibration. And when you chant something, when you say a certain mantra, it is also vibration, right? You are emitting something out in the universe through vibration, and you want a certain energy embedded in you. There's a thing, there's a concept called re- resonance, the sanctum sanctorum, what they call it, or a garbhagriha, all of those things. So they are constructed in a way where the frequencies of whatever is being chanted, whatever is being said, they amplify, they match the frequency, and they lead to a larger distinct. If you want God to be female, God will be female. If you want God to be male, God will be male. If you want God to be Shiva, He will be Shiva. If you want God to be Vishnu, He will be Vishnu. God is everything, and God is nothing. So it's this balance where whatever you want it to be, it will be that. So we have so many different gods, and all gods are one. A Sankarshan Joshi trip. Check, check, check. Yes, audio is rolling. Ah, finally. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Sankarshan Joshi trip. This is a very special one because it's a fiftieth episode, Golden Jubilee, and on this episode we have the podcast's favorite guest, Vaishak Dutt. So, Vaishak Dutt. He is a stand-up comedian. He's an avid storyteller. He la- he writes stories. He direct plays. He's also an actor. So he's a theater enthusiast. And uh, if you are a regular listener to the podcast, then you obviously know who Vaishak Dutt is. So Vaishak, welcome to the podcast again. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Sankarshan. You missed out one thing. Now hashtag corporate. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, sucked into the corporate lifestyle, but it feels good. Feels good to be back here. Uh, fifth time that I'm coming on this podcast, so like once in every ten episodes. So <laughs> that's the pattern. And yeah, hopefully many more to come. And uh, looking forward to platinum, diamond, emerald, <laughs> whatever. But I don't know. But for some weird reason, for Silver Jubilee, you were there, right? And I, in that episode. I think I told you even for Golden Jubilee you will be there, so you're here finally. And yeah. this is a is a great start for me as well as you because I took sort of a sabbatical from doing podcast, not intentional, but it just happened. Like a lot of different things was happening in my life, so I didn't get enough time. Also the work, so like this is a fiftieth episode. I. put in a lot of effort into making sure that you know from now i can uh, do seamlessly like a recording podcast there were a lot of things happening man like i had to fine tune a lot of different things and it is a 50th, 50th episode and for you from tomorrow or day after you're going to start yeah. your uh, corporate life <laughs> so how are you feeling about that I had a taste for it, like I did uh, intern for uh, four months, and like it pretty much gave me the complete experience. Like, even though I was an intern, I was thrust into a very, uh, you know, full-fledged, uh, very hectic uh, job, um, and like I do have a taste for it. But the only difference now is like back then, 
uh, like offices weren't that open now offices are open and i might have to travel you know go through all of the usual uh, you know bangalore techie lifestyle which is the same yeah. for traffic traveling all that bullshit so yeah. let's see where we're like yeah, excited anxious all emotions at once but yeah feels good and uh, how are you doing like you know coming back to the podcast how does it feel i'm good man i i didn't know that i wanted to record a podcast so bad in such a long time you know when you want to do something there are so many different things that comes in your way and like it'll stop you from doing literally the mic that i'm using now is a new one and the laptop that i'm recording is also a different one and the camera that i'm recording in is also different like like the entire thing is different so i had to start from the scratch in a way because i had a rhythm and i was on a roll like i know what to do uh like muscle memory i'm like i take out the mic i i i create this setup and it was just happening now things change right like even technically also from sort of software standpoint i'm like i'm i'm, I'm working on different different things one after the other kept coming one after the other kept coming i was like oh god like when am i ever going to record a podcast it's like when you take break for such a long time right like i took one or two months m- more than that also i recorded a podcast the previous one which didn't have a video unfortunately because of technical issues so before that i took like one or two months and then after that also like one or two months so it's i was nervous honestly <laughs> I really like this space man like me doing this podcast I really like doing it it makes me feel happy so I felt like you know something was missing in me that I was not uh paying attention to so yeah a lot of time I took away from like in a way it was a process of self discovery like I was discovering a lot of different things I was reading different things so it was great so okay <laughs> so You know something that's like uh, I discussed this with Vishnu, another disability boy and very 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 close friend of mine. And this is something like we discussed and uh, we also uh, you know talked about this on like we wanted to start a podcast as well. And then we kind of recorded this, but it's unreleased. But something that we discussed during that conversation was that you know uh, is there something that's you know something that's inside you that you know you can lose so for example uh what made me think all about this was uh if you watch the ipl like you know virat kohli had like a terrible season and like he has been going through a slump for quite a while now and so virat kohli obviously he you know i fell in love with his cricket back in 2016 when i was in you know just finished 10th grade and He used to play the 2016 IPL season was insane, right? So where he scored like 973 runs in one season, like the attitude, the charisma, the bad boy ruggedness, and like just like the the way he used to play and like Indian like giving back to Australian cricketers while sledging and all of that, like that's what made me fall in love with everything Virat Kohli, right? And like I even wrote a an article in my college magazine you know tell you know talking about things lessons to learn from virat kohli and i i wrote stuff like um you know give stand up for your team you know believe in yourself give it back and all of these things which i truly truly admired about him uh but like yeah later as time passed like now i had like this 
image of him built in my head right and like yes he did have bad performances here and there and but like recently like for the past two years almost so he's been going through a slump in his form and like he hasn't been playing well at all like the ipl season was just a testament to that like his form was very very bad so that got me thinking like someone who like uh, a legend or my role model or whatever you want to call it like seeing them fall in front of my eyes right seeing them struggle like he got out in one match and he was like god why like seeing your god do that like okay it it shows them as like you know they're just mortal and like i don't know it it kind of got me thinking you know what was it like you know was there something that's that was like deep inside virat kohli like that talent that whatever that kept him going for so long and then suddenly that did he just lose it or does he need to practice or what or, and to connect that with need i the fear is like you know you have spoken this about in your podcast as well like vaishak is just naturally funny or you know like he, any conversation with you will make you laugh or something like that so like the fear that got in me was like what if i stop being that like what if i lose my sense of humor what if i you know i'm not able to do that anymore and connecting that with your podcast as well like now you're coming back so like is there a fear that hey shit like maybe i don't know how to do a podcast anymore maybe i'm not going to be that good of a guest maybe i just lost all that i learned so that's a very valid fear right no it's mostly the fear was will i lose the interest of doing it like i wanted to do it so bad that now that i've taken a break doing a podcast takes a lot of effort man like and it's an effort that is not as rewarding so it's a very self reward like in a sense it makes me content and happy and that's a intangible reward that i get from doing this so it's a fear of like now that i'm used to being lazy and not putting in efforts would that make me stop doing this like that that was one of the fear and it was mostly about so will it stop my growth uh, as a podcast right like now that i've taken a break i was gaining audience so episode by episode episode by episode like new people started listening will it drop you know that was one of a fear it's like you're building something brick by brick and will start falling apart but honestly right i didn't uh it didn't affect me to a point where i was losing my sleep like i was still getting a good sleep and i was not stressing too much about it because uh whatever i was going through right in that phase like whatever i was learning that was worthy about talking in the podcast so whatever i was learning a lot of different things i was reading uh different different things N- now i want to start uh reading from shiva's perspective what ramayana is so and cu- couple of different things i was reading so it gave me a lot of different perspectives which i thought you know that will help me be a better host of this podcast and uh, also what do you think that uh, virat kohli lost or even with the fear of you right like you uh, do stand up comedy and you're also an improv comedian and comedy is something that you truly truly value and that's a that's a huge part of yourself right so what do you think that entire thing is about like the process of uh, did you give that a much deeper thought so 
I'll to be like you know to be very honest like I don't know how I found comedy with the whole Virat Kohli thing like I don't know like that that's just like you know it's it's very common they say like uh what what's that what's that quote uh, form is temporary class is permanent stuff like that i guess that that's what you could just say with virat kohli okay he's just having some technical difficulties he can figure it out he needs to practice harder whatever uh something that i still did admire about him was that even despite all of that he you know laughed about it he he was you know he kept his this thing like even though if he performs really in a match when they're fielding he'll still have the same energy and enthusiasm and all of that those are things which i admire but like also it's also like it, it feels like like if i for example like i give out a bunch of shows and then like i'm the shows are terrible if i still end up you know acting happy after the show and like you know celebrating and i feel like that's all an act i don't feel like i don't feel like i've earned anything but yeah that's the whole virat kohli side and i guess like you know it is what it is and like life has its way and you find a way to get better and if you do you do and if not you don't so you can't control the outcome but that being said like me i don't know how i came across comedy was it like a defense mechanism or you know do i some was it like something that a childhood inspiration or whatever was it me being a people pleaser wanting everybody to like me and laugh at me i don't know where where it exactly came from but uh, something that genuinely gives me joy is like the two things one is like making people happy and like forgetting the current moment that like gives me a lot of happiness and like the the feeling after having done something mm. like the yeah whole process of creation and birthing something and like True. in a show you start a show months of preparation for it then the show happens and then it ends with an applause right so everything's worth that applause i feel so that these are some things that i really really like but yeah i don't know how i came across comedy but like when i felt like comedy was the thing for me was uh ironically like you know the thing is uh, i am very very analytical as a person mm-hmm. i'm very critical especially of myself i am an overthinker i'm very analytical i i think so much and i'm always thinking so like if you have been to any of my uh, like seen me after any of my shows it's like the show happens i the show goes on and after the show's done i'm immediately just sitting and like thinking what mistake where did i go wrong how could have this been done better like you know uh, the good side of it is that like okay it teaches me and i remember and like you know i correct myself but the bad thing is i take myself very like i'm very hard on myself and like i don't celebrate the like fucker you just did a show right now and like like it, it's 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 you just did it like just fucking let you know cut some slack and enjoy the reap the uh, benefits right so so i feel like that's just who i am in general like i keep thinking about a lot of things right the only time where i don't think is when i'm on stage the funny thing about this is that uh you know the funny thing is the most i am myself 
is when I'm not myself on stage. The most I feel like Vaishak is when I'm portraying a character, right? It might be a cop who, or a plumber, or anything that the improv, uh, you know, the audience suggested, or maybe a play or whatever character that I'm doing. I feel like when I'm in that, uh, when I'm portraying someone else, is when I feel the most like myself because that time there is like no thinking about the past or the future it's just the most present meditative experience that i can get so when when i feel that i feel like okay hey hey i belong here you know and something that i realized like is you don't know how much you miss it until you you know get away from it, it. Like, yeah yeah not get away from it like i feel like you know once now you're in bombay right so yeah once you're in Bombay, I think you've just made peace with the fact that you're in Bombay. But like, once you come back to college, then you'll be like, shit, I didn't even know that I missed this. And then you start missing everything again. That's, that's just something that I realized. So, uh, the whole meditative aspect of it, where like, that's what I think with respect to comedy, right? I feel the most present and all of that. But the fear uh, side of it is, my sense of comedy does not come from scripting stuff. Like I don't sit down and I, I don't write down what's funny, what's unfunny. I don't do that. I don't, I don't like, you know, my sense of comedy comes from the person that I am, like the experiences that I go through, how I react to it and how I, how I observe things and all of that. Right. So uh, I feel that like, since it's like an innate thing, like it's, it's like, a part and personality of who I am. So if I lose this personality, not only because, only because of like the changing circumstances in my life, like with my personal relationships, with my work, with my family, etc. Yada yada yada. I'm growing up. Like this can take away a little bit of my personality, and I mm. feel like that can affect my comedy as well, right? Yeah. So that's just the general fear behind it. Yeah. So, also I feel like in the process of uh, so you being constantly bad at something or like once you were good at it but then after a period of time like you start losing the charm so it's like I think that's a inevitable thing because let's say let's take the example of comedy or let's take the example of movies for example like you have a hit movie right like and you cannot keep making similar movies because whatever is now trending or whatever is relevant now won't be relevant few years down the line so it's the process that you're gonna hit to a point like eventually so no matter in what art form you are in right like if you're a comedian whatever jokes that you are uh, saying right now might be relevant now but then eventually you have to keep learning right like i think you have to find a baseline which just keeps you going in the process. So you just need to find yourself like, what do you do? Like, what is the thing in you that is holding you to that art form? So let's say me doing this podcast, right? This is basically my diary sort of a thing. Like where when I'm talking, right, there is something about this where the act of your thoughts 
translating into words and then they are coming out and then that is inspiring another thought that is just coming out so this doesn't happen when i am not doing this podcast like very rarely happens so sometimes when i want to write something or when i want to talk only then things start rolling and a lot of different perspectives that i thought that i had i didn't even know about them so i think that and then when i talk to the guests i learn a lot of things and that exchange of perspectives is something that i actually love so no matter good or bad from the podcast standpoint right like let's say if you get a lot of listeners that's a good episode if you don't get a lot of good like like lot of listeners then it's not so good episode like in terms of uh, analytics if you see what's a uh, episode that is performed well or not but either which ways right this thing of me liking the process of doing this is what keeps me going and i think eventually you're going to come up then go down come up then go down like it's the constant process it's a process of uh, self discovery in a way you know like i think you need to do a lot of different things to know a lot about yourself like know different things about yourself like that's what i feel personally so but at the core of it all right like like jordan b peterson says find something meaningful to do and pursue right like he keeps saying that a lot and i feel that's a very 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 crucial thing uh, finding something meaningful and uh, like pursuing it it just like with this podcast right the amount of effort that i put into making this podcast if i had made some like prank videos or some clickbaity youtube videos right it would have gotten me a lot more views money probably as well but the reason why i didn't do that is because it's not as satisfying as this so i do this because i learn a lot and uh, i just think that if i have a thought that i want to talk about it just gets amplified while i'm talking in the podcast and i learn a lot of different things about it so let me just give you a random example so in in this modern day and age a lot of people talk about feminism right like they talk about feminist so i'm just throwing a random example like how i've started uh, like how this podcast helps me like and with this topic feminism i was just reading couple of uh, indian mythological stories and i was reading about in, like hindu mythology for a, for the longest period period of time we have worshiped women right like we have worshiped women as goddess like every trait of femininity we have worshiped it so and over the period of time i don't know where we lost all those teachings but then it translated into something very 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 different so when it comes to uh, women right like ev- uh, let me give you an example there is this so in india there are different shakti peethas right like shakti means uh, energy power so there are different places where there are a lot of devi temples right they call shakti peethas and one of the one shakti peetham it's called kamakya temple and they call it the leading goddess you know so every year okay. for 3 days they close the temple mm-hmm. uh, because the goddess menstruates and i am not making this up but like, like when you go there right like they cover so there is a vaginal shaped uh, 
sculpture that people go and worship there like, like they worship that and they cover cloth to the goddess and after uh, 3 or 4 days i don't know how long uh, the goddess menstruate there uh, according to the belief of the people who reside in that area and when they come back right like they close the temple for those many days and after that when they come right the cloth will have blood stains on it so and a lot of people take a piece of the cloth and they worship it so this is something like miraculous and before we get into if something like this is possible or not let's just talk about the fact that we are actually worshiping and we are praying uh to a sculpture which is shaped like a vagina can um. this be any more empowering to women like when you look at from the woman standpoint right like if we truly look at how things were talked about in the past right it's so fascinating man like there is no bias like there is no prejudice there is no uh myth there is no taboo like there is no sorry myth is a wrong word but there a lot of taboos like now right but back then we were free of all of that and that just fascinates me for sure i mean like in a lot of ways uh, a lot of cultures a lot of ethnicities etc they have all of us have our own history and uh, we've always been progressive and like we've always had very fascinating things which i guess over time we've lost and like i guess that's the point of us being humans right like i think the more we know that we are human we start going backwards rather than progressing the thing about the kamakya uh, kamakya temple is uh, uh it's in assam right it's in assam and uh it's in assam and something called the ambubala chi mela goes on there and that's the second largest gathering of people after the kumbh mela so it's called the ambubala chi mela and history behind the temple is that uh you know that like shiva's first wife sati and uh sati you know she shiva fell in love with sati and uh, daksha was sati's father and uh shiva got uh married sati and then whatever they they get married and once what happens is uh daksha who's the king right so he walks into a gathering of gods and shiva does not stand up uh and then shiva knows that he shouldn't stand up because shiva is obviously a more powerful god and uh, and he is higher right if he stands up in like to you know bow down to D- daksha it's not good for daksha himself like bad luck will fall upon him that's why they say even in like um big people should not touch the feet of uh, you know younger people right it's it's just like a sign of respect or whatever so shiva does not yeah so shiva does not get up and for this daksha gets triggered you know like he gets very very angry so he thinks like how dare shiva you know disrespect me my daughter he's my son in law and all of this so what he does to take revenge is he witnesses a yaga and he calls every god every you know dignitary there is on earth except shiva right so he does that and then sati is one day she's just sitting by the Uh, hills and then she sees like this huge caravan of people traveling and then she goes and asks her and they're like sati you didn't know it's your own father is this thing 
So Sati gets like, okay, what's happening? And then she follows back. And then they're like, you know, it seems that like Vishnu, Brahma, Indra, everyone's there except Shiva. So Sati asks, goes to her dad and asks, like, what, what, what are you, what's happening? And uh, Daksha speaks ill of Shiva, like ungrateful fellow. What does he think of himself and this thing? That's why I didn't call him. Sati cannot believe that her own father is talking like this and she gets, she cannot stand the disrespect towards Shiva. And like she says like to the other gods, like you all knew Shiva wasn't here and you're still here. Like she just gets very angry and upset about it. So she steps into the fire. So she steps into the fire to sacrifice herself because she cannot tolerate the humiliation. Before we proceed, right? Before we proceed, right? Like I just wanted to stop you right there because I know a different interpretation of the same story that you told. So okay, I just we... wanted to, I just wanted to uh, say that part. And then I think the ending of where we are going is the same. Okay. So the other <laughs> perspective is that the way how Shiva looks, right? He's a, uh, how do I put this? He's uncouth. He's dirty. He's He's covered in tiger skin and snake I feel skin like, and all that. Yeah, I feel like that's how he want people to see him as, uh, mm-hmm. is what I feel. So, Sati uh, falls in love with Shiva and then Shiva falls back for her and then they, they get married, right? And the Daksha, the father, is not, he does not approve of their marriage because of how Shiva looks, right? Like, for the first time, when Sati's mom looks at Shiva, she just faints. Like, that's how uh, absurd looking he was, according to them. So, she she just faints. So, they don't approve of this marriage and for the same Yaga, right? So, Sati says that, you know, he's my father, like, at some point or the other, like, he will have to forgive me. So, she just thinks that, you know, if I go back, uh, if, if I go attend this uh, Yaga, we can just make men's and we can make peace. So when she goes there, he just questions her presence there. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you're not invited. Like, why are you here? And she cannot take that insult. And he also insults Shiva. And she cannot take that and she falls into the fire. So, yeah, from there you can continue, Vaisha. It's the same same thing. Like, uh, obviously, like, she cannot, uh, you know, tolerate the, uh, you know, uh, humiliation towards herself and Shiva and all of that. So that's where the whole practice yes. of Sati started. And in. then when she falls into the fire, Shiva gets the news, right? That, you know, Sati is dead. And yeah. Then so she, then like yeah. the news travels back to Shiva. And then like in the Yaga there, like when Sati sacrifices herself, like there are like bad omens everywhere. Like Daksha's left eye, left hand and left, like all of them start painting together. That's a very bad omen, apparently. The crows are you know, uh, cawing and the uh, wolves are howling and all of that. So, like, it's like something very bad is going to happen. The news slowly travels back to the Shivas and then Shiva gets into such a rage and then, like, he plucks one handful of his hair and he throws it and Veerabhadra is born and another handful and then he throws it and Mahakali is born. And so, Mahakali and Veerabhadra and uh, all of his ganas, so the Shivas followers are called the Ganas and so that's Nandi and all of these people everyone goes you know like and a huge battle ensues there right and then finally this whole battle happens and then like the gods you know they faint and all of that and Shiv, uh, Veerabhadra uh, uh, Shiva comes and 
he Virabhadra uh, or Mahakali decapitates like Raksha, like takes his head off. And then once that happens, then Shiva comes back. And then, you know, they see, and then they, the gods come and tell like, you know, yeah, what Daksha did was wrong, but he's still the king and that like, they can't let this happen. So Shiva says, okay, I will forgive him. But for him to remember his, you know, his bad behavior or whatever, he will now have the head of a goat. So Daksha then is then like the sacrificial goat, its head, they put it on Daksha. So that's the way he's humiliated. But then Shiva then carries... Sati's uh, dead body. and decaying body. So he takes that and when he's traveling back, her... Uh, he dances apparently. Whatever. So Shiva yeah. is known for dance, right? Like Shiva... Yeah. Dance originated from Shiva. Like a majority chunk of uh, the Indian classical dance, right? Like the origin of it, Shiva, uh, it comes from there. And Shiva's dances tend to be very destructive. Like uh, the Shiva's Thandava, right? He was just, he just carries Sati's body and he's just dancing so ferociously that Shiva is also known as God of Destruction, right? Like when he dances ferociously, the entire earth becomes a chaos, right? Like the volcanoes erupt, like the world is about to, sorry, earth is about to come to an end. And that's when Vishnu, right? Like Vishnu throws his, uh, the Sudarshan Chakra, the, the blade that he carries in one of his uh, finger, right? Is, is that what you call it in English? Like, I'm just calling it blade. Like, it's a circular thing, like this ninja thing. <laughs> so, Vishnu just throws that to stop Shiva from doing that. And that thing cuts Sati's body in several parts. I don't know if it's 18 or more than that. So, it just cuts in different parts. And each part falls in different places on, uh, on Earth, in India. And those individual places are called Shakti Pitas, where we go and we worship and different aspects. So different body parts has a different aspect to it, right? And the vagina fell in that place, the Kamakya temple that I was talking about, right? Like it fell there. Yeah. I don't know if it is in Assam or not. Like I'll just have to fact yeah, check it. It's in, it's in okay, okay. In, like I didn't know that. So, it's in Guwahati. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's in Guwahati. My geography is very bad. So apologies. No. I didn't know about the Vishnu Sudarshan Chakra thing. Yeah. I just, you know the, the, what? what I thought was like, he was carrying the dead and decomposing body. So like pieces were falling off is what I had in my head. But yes, so the vagina fell in uh, near the Kamakya temple. That's the story behind it. That's why people also, uh, people with fertility issues come and worship there. So uh, yeah. it's considered like the fertility temple. Yeah. So, yeah. it's a very interesting like guys where are we living in like, like we are living in a day and age like few years back we like if you go to a shop and if you want to buy your pad for your, like if you have a period and if you want to buy pad they cover it up with a newspaper put it in a black polythene bag and they and then you're carrying it like a spy who's trying to exchange some codes you know like that's how you carry it like you carry it like a spy like so secretively you're carrying those pads where were we like back then we were so open and we like nothing was a bad thing nothing was a good thing it was just things that were worth discussing there was such a healthy exchange of perspectives and we were such like open-minded people 
and now like over the period of time it just translated to be something else and then now when i look back it just fascinates me like what the hell like we are like people go to a temple and worship a vagina like struck like like a sculpture but are not allowed to talk about periods like guys like where are we living in <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Hi, so I, i i feel like yeah so i feel like that's always there you know a lot of uh phallic phallic meaning like the uh, a penis right so a lot of shrines exist not only in india but in many other places in the world as well so i don't know like yeah the, we have it is true to say that we have fallen back on our ways quite a bit and um it, it is it's definitely true and that's the yeah. thing about us being you but something also very fascinating very fascinating is that like behind every temple like every temple there's a story like this and that's like yeah. super fascinating to yeah to yeah. know that also other fascinating thing is vaishak how we both had a different perspectives or different versions of the same story and i feel like both the versions convey a different message so when you were talking about that right do thought that you know you have to respect your elders this sort of the the inclining message right if you keep digging like there could be different interpretations from the same story oh it's not respect your elders it's to let go of your ego hmm. that's hmm. the message hmm. to not have any yeah. ego that i'm bigger than you are or anything like that and i if you do anything out of spite just to anger and to take revenge nothing is good nothing which going to come to you yeah, that's yeah, the entire yeah. exactly also the message of love and like you know being everything for your partner that's yeah. also that but yeah it's so crazy right like i feel like people you find what you look for like when you look back at these mythological stories you don't have to approve of gods you can just look at it from a story standpoint and that's exactly what we did in an in a through an entire episode last time you were here right pick up what you want and also the best part is when you read the gita krishna says follow your dharma right like follow your dharma and then do what you uh, what you are inclined for and don't expect any results and do it for the sake of doing it dharma is so such a uh, it's a terminology that could have multiple iterations it could have multiple different definitions based on your perception and your perspective and i feel that's how it's supposed to be because your life your experience and you have lived through it in a way and no matter what you see you're going to see through that perspective right like any spiritual relic or any story that you listen to it should impact you right like you listen to it from your perspective like you listen to it from your perspective and that's what makes sense right like when you tell me a story which doesn't uh, relate to me which i can't connect to it's not going to have a, any impact on me right but like these stories when you look at it from your life experience it makes sense listening to something understanding something are two different things right you can listen to a story but you can understand through your own experience like when things make sense to you 
it's like you have to cook a potato right like you have to boil it for you to eat it like for you to digest it you have to go through a process so that it's digestible to you but few animals they can just directly eat it because their digestive system are different so any story like like, like any god like any mythological uh, thing that you read like you read it from your perspective and that's how it's supposed to be like there is no universal gita like there is no this is what it is like whatever i'm preaching my perspective i can't preach it like you know this is what it is like a universal perspective because lot of people have lot different experiences and there are different gitas to different people right and it also completely you know depends on your personal life experiences right and that's the beautiful thing about it so like for me if i have a particular interpretation of um let's say i'll give you the example of karna itself right like um you this is by karna my favorite character etc then like once someone and that for me that opinion has been shaped because of my life right and the values that i thought were important the way the story was told so that's how i felt um, you know that's why i thought that's what made karna my favorite character basically then you can get someone else and tell no karna did this he you know this bad thing he did i feel like yeah so what in my life also i have done wrong things yeah. but still yeah. despite yeah. that this still but that's because of my personal experience but let's say for someone else uh, you know uh, for someone who believes that rama didn't do any wrong to sita like like you can take two separate personalities like right? take one of a uh, of a female or one of a woman who's been hurt by a man right so she will empathize more with sita than what me and you could ever you know we ever could right so her she's going to empathize so much more with sita whereas a son um, a man who's had to sacrifice a lot and do a lot for his parents or for his family will empathize a lot with rama more than a woman ever could right so which is why like we tend to hold on to it and we tend to defend our favorite character so much more like no what he did was not wrong what he did was not right like th- that's what makes us believe because the thing is we see ourselves in them so me seeing karna reminds me of a time where i was you know shunned or i was humiliated by all of my friends and i had to find another friend group so i find a home in him so which is why i will defend i'm not defending karna i'm defending myself yeah. right so through your experiences you relate to it just spoke to you right like a certain aspect yeah, of it. yeah and that's the beautiful thing about stories and, and mythological stories especially is we we see ourselves in them yeah and which is why we form our own opinions and we form our own not only just mythological stories but stories like punya koti or like shravana kumara or whatever right so all of these stories which were told to us as children we find ourselves in them and once we find like we just carry on this sense of belonging and hey that's us and yeah that's what shapes that gives us that gives its own interpretation like i'm sure there's one kid who's thinking like why did the tiger have to sacrifice himself in punya koti like the tiger 
is the hero, maybe. <coughs> right? So, these are the things. Like, I think that's, that's how it's supposed to be. I think that's how it's supposed yeah. to be. Like, there's no union... See, this is what I feel. What is right, what is wrong is subjective. Like, there's no universal right is what I feel. Like, it's subjective to your perspective and your own perception because life is multidimensional. Like, there would be a binary answer if uh, if life was a 2D thing, right? Like, it, was, it didn't have a lot of dimensions. So, I, like, that's what I feel. And... There is something to it, man. Like, uh, before, I thought you were just praying to Shiva. Or you're just praying to Shiva, like Ganesha. Or you're praying to a goddess. And you're asking for stuff to happen. And later on, you know, what I've realized, Vaishak? Scientifically, everything is a vibration, right? Like, at the, like at a molecular level, if you go back, everything is a vibration. And when you chant something when you say a certain mantra it is also vibration right and so like basically you are emitting something out in the universe through vibration and you want a certain energy embedded in you like that's what i feel so now when i pray shiva or when i look at a certain god right i just want the energy that is associated with that god like when you say shiva right he, he in his deep meditative state where he gives very little importance clo- like close to nil importance to materialistic things and he doesn't like he doesn't let materialistic things bother to him right like he's he barely has any clothes on his appearance is very different and he's living in himalayas and he's meditating he just dances every now and then and then he goes back to meditation what a life man like I'm like, we are so much dwelled in our everyday life. Like I'm going to job, like work from home. I'm anxious about this. I'm anxious about that. Oh, my boss yelled at me. Oh, my boss did that. I, when I pray to Shiva, I'm like, I am manifesting that energy. Like, can I have a piece of that energy? And when I, let's say when I'm chanting something or when I'm listening to something related to Shiva, right? Like songs or any mantra, I just feel like, I can feel that calmness and I feel like I'm uh, trying to attract that energy in me, you know, like embed that energy in me. Like when I go to temple also, it's also a vibration. So when I start looking at this way, right, what people do when people pray, it started looking, uh, I started looking at it from a very, very different lens. And it made so much sense to me looking at it from that lens. The thing about vibration, uh, definitely, uh, that's the thing, right? Not only in, I feel in Hinduism, right? But where are temples that are constructed in such a way that they amplify the vibrations of whatever is being chanted, whatever is being sung. So it definitely amplifies in, there's a thing, there's a concept called resonance in uh, all this thing. Yeah, in physics, where the frequency of what your one frequency matches another frequency, they both get amplified together. They both, you know, create a target thing. So that's what happens. Like if you have gone to like a temple, which the the temple structure, uh, the sanctum sanctorium, what they call it, or, or garbagriha, or all of those things. So they are constructed in a way where the frequencies of whatever is being chanted, whatever is being said, they amplify. They match the frequency and they lead to a larger this thing. The same wow. thing is like basilicas, like in churches. Um, 
where the church organs, you know, like, and whatever the sermons being given, gospel music, right? All of these things, they also amplify, they match the frequencies and they lead to a much more uh, deeper thing. And the same with in, uh, in Sufi music and all of these things. So like there is maybe if I don't know if our ancestors did this knowingly or unknowingly, but knowing that, you know, how smart they were, right? I'm sure they did that knowingly is that like they knew there was a reason and there is a logic behind this. So that's the physics or scientific thing behind it. And like when whatever's being chanted and like the frequencies match, even like if you've gone to like Buddhist monasteries, right? Uh, where like whatever is being chanted gets amplified and they have like this instrument, I don't know what you call it, it goes to Tikhtan and then you do that. Yeah. All of these things, they have tapped into the frequencies of mm. whatever is happening and how it affects the human uh, body, right? So like yeah, this yeah. particular frequency coming and affecting us, it, that's what like, you know, it, it helps us channelize our thinking, our being brings us to our most ground state, I guess. Yeah. There is a lot of science behind it. And Absolutely. yeah, when you do play, I, I like that's something that like I had never interpreted actually. Like I don't see God that way at all. Like um when you told like whenever I pray to Shiva, I'm trying to manifest that form of lifestyle or something. That's like that's brilliant to think about. Like I have never done that. So I have never gone to a specific temple and thought, hey, I want to be like this. Or like whenever I've gone to Rama, like, uh, let's say Rama temple, I've never prayed in a way that, hey, I want to manifest the disciplined, ideal sun lifestyle that you had. That has never come. Whenever I've gone to Hanuman temple, I've never thought of, I want to manifest the loyalty, the strength of yours. I guess that is the logic behind having multiple temples of multiple gods, where you can yeah, go to each yeah. one and you know, try to manifest something yeah. that's unique. What I would do is like, since I love stories, like I would read the stories, be in awe of it and like just take in the values that I get from it. But like whenever I go to a temple and um, it's like, I just, you know, pray and express my gratitude. That's all that I do. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a very, very nice thing. I think I should start practicing that. I feel like this is what... Uh gods are from the uh, in a different uh, Vedas and different relics they say God is uh, Nirakar which means is formless and uh, God is genderless God is he's formless he's genderless but in our Indian mythology we do have forms and we do have uh, genders right and this is what I feel it's the exact same thing that we talked about in our previous podcast about Krishna, right? We talked like for Gopikas, he was this and for Arjuna, he was that and for different, whoever you want Krishna to be, he will be that to you. And that's what God is, man, according to me. If you, if you want God to be female, God will be female. If you want God to be male, God will be male. If you want God to be Shiva, he will be Shiva. If you want God to be Vishnu, he will be Vishnu. God is everything. And God is nothing. So it's this balance where whatever you want it to be, it will be that. So we have so many different gods and all gods are one. So, yeah. The, the thing is like, I want God, what I want God to be. Like God is what I want God to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, 
that makes us so powerful to create my own god and by doing that i am god myself too there is god yeah. in me as well yeah yeah krishna did say that man like in gita it says krishna literally said he is in everything he said god is in everything and everybody so this essence of it right what a beautiful thing man like if everybody is god and if everything is god like when you look at an animal there is a god in the animal when you look at a human being there is god in that person you are not talking to that person you are talking to the god in that person i don't know if you know this i heard one of a, a, a very a philosopher like a local philosopher like he's a guru which not a lot of people know about so he does this namaskaram okay like like he bows and according to him it's like i am bowing to the god in you so he showed a deep respect to each and like each and every human being his name is swami vijayendra like uh, not a lot of people know about it like maybe i'll talk about it more in the deep or like in further episodes like one of his philosophy was that like he respected everybody man like just think about this bible says love all like and love is everything and krishna says he is in everything and he is in everybody won't that make like won't it give an incentive to be nice to people like when you talk to somebody there is god in that person man like there is divinity like respect to that aspect of that person like he might be a cruel guy but he does have like i feel when you look at it from this perspective you just constantly spread love respect that like i feel that's what comes out and people and vaishak when you were talking about the temples man i was blown away like i never thought about this way there is a reason why we go to temples right and now when you said all of that it just made my belief even more strong this is something that we all argue right like uh, i don't know about the west but in india we like if god is everywhere why do we go to temples like that's a constant cliche dialogue right like i said that when i was a kid and it made me feel smart like when you go against the grain it makes you feel smart right and when you said that i'm like shit man that makes so much sense definitely like i don't know like these are the things like that like really blows away blows me away so um oh like there, there is like so much meaning and background behind everything in our in our life and that's like so beautiful some or uh, like something that blew me away was um uh, was like like massive wow sort of moment for me was every family has a money table right the home of the god and then there's always a male and a female so for us for my family something that i uh, i knew was something that i knew was the male god of our family is uh, panduranga and this panduranga the temple is pandarali okay so pandarali panduranga uh, pandarali there's a village called pandarali and in that the temple of pandranga is our home, home god and it comes near chitradurga so i had always accepted that and like yeah, it makes sense to me so uh uh it made sense to me that okay this is the thing there's chitradurga in my name also so exactly i knew that the female god was banshankri so i knew that banshankri was the a female god of my family but then later like when we were i was talking with my family and when i was talking they said like which temple 
of Banshankri. Then they said, she said, my mom said Badami Banshankri. So Badami is a place near Hubli. Hubli Dadwad. It's it's to the extreme north of Karnataka. It's Uttar Karnataka. And like I was shocked, like what? How does this make sense? Like I am like I don't. None of us have that Uttar Karnataka accent. We don't have any. We don't cook stuff from Uttar Karnataka. So like I was sh- like, how can someone like a goddess in Badami be our home god? Like what's the relation to it? And then my dad explained that. Um, so we, uh, my family were we were a bunch of uh, pujaris in Badami who who used to worship bunch of. They are priests in um, uh, Badami Banshankri. There, then, Vijapur uh, is a nearby uh, place, right? So there was a Muslim ruler there, and his invasion, right? Uh, his invasion and his intolerant uh, rule rules, right? So because of that, from Badami, hundred families or so migrated, right? So. Our family was one of the hundred families that migrated. We then came to Pandarali, and then my ancestors they asked the priests of Pandarali. The priests of Pandarali are actually not Brahmins. So the priests of Pandarali they are actually Dasas. They are a scheduled tribe uh, in like the Indian law. So they were the ones who were uh, doing puja there. So our families as Brahmins, we went to like. "Quote unquote," a lower caste, uh, you know, lower caste people. We went to them and we asked, "Can you? Can we do puja here as well?" And they allowed us, and that's how the Pandrali Pandranga became our new house. So that's why, like, it's like so fascinating that, like, okay, there's like this history to my family as well, which hmm. we, which I was, which I didn't know at all. Uh, so there's like a lot of. This migration and like, and that's a beautiful thing. Behind every temple, behind every family, they're like these such interesting and beautiful stories. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like each god is also so fascinating. Like, uh, like I told you recently, I've been fascinated with the devis of our Hindu ka uh, culture, like the goddesses, and uh, there is this goddess called Lalita. and we say like lalita amavaru in telugu so or like in telugu and kannada we say lalita amavaru so she is the mother of the universe so she is also called narayani and narayana who is vishnu he is also like the father of the universe right like he is the he is on top of all of this and he is the universe so it also is it's it, it also uh, justifies the fact how goddess and god are the same thing like i just figured this out recently and it's so fascinating and mother of the universe right and when you look at a goddess there are different elements to them and each element are a metaphorical representation of something so lalita right goddess she had to come to kill a rakshas called banda bandasura so she had to come to kill a goddess uh, sorry she had to come 
to kill this uh, rakshasa bandasura and he got a boon that uh, like he had a lot of perks and only she could be the one who could uh, destroy him so that's how she came to earth and it's so fascinating how we coined the word mother next to that goddess like we call her like a mother lalita so the, when you read the description of what sort of a goddess she is right i read this article somewhere where how a mother holds hand of her kid and if the kid is trying to uh, walk away from her or if they want to take a wrong path you know how mom pulls the hand of a kid and brings like you know this is where we are supposed to walk and that's what this goddess does to the people who believe in her and th- this is what was written there i started thinking about how fascinating this entire description is and you also call her a mother and we call mother nature and she's a mother of the universe like it just felt so warm man like i i don't have to know if a goddess like this exists but i could just feel the energy like when we look at nature right like how nature incorporates all the creatures and how it just it just shelters everybody right like it just so when we think of nature when we say mother nature and we gave a human form to something as abstract as nature why can't that be a god like that and that's what we all do right like when we have uh, we just humanized the entire uh, structure of existence could be like nature or universe anything and we just coined it as mother and the way how people write songs about them or like the way how people write stories about them it's it's like you're building a relationship with that god man like it just makes everything so uh, connected like when you when i started reading about more about this goddess right is the co mother of universe like which means like i just felt like this instant connection like love like wow like what is this warmth like we all get on our uh, heels so quickly and we want to criticize everything but if we just remove that critique hat right and we just admire how beautiful this entire structure is and what we have written and what our ancestors have written like this whole concept of god like how they have how they are there and what are the stories what are the structures so brilliant thing that we have for humanity across all religions across all ethnicities across, across all countries yeah there's like yeah, such yeah. to everything and i think it's it's important and i feel like we as like you know as we're moving forward i feel we are losing um a touch with our roots we are losing like it's not important that we are aware of these little things right so i think it's it's important to preserve our whatever it is that we have for sure yeah yeah and uh, time no oh, sorry go ahead yes yes no 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 please please i was just thinking no, I, I didn't have it. I didn't, like i, I didn't just have i was just thinking about uh uh dasara and do you know durga durga right like we yeah. all know the go- goddess durga and yesterday i heard this story the reason why durga had to come was there is this uh, there was this rakshasa 
who got a boon from one of his parents like his dad was uh, oh this is such a crazy story okay i'll i'll just take a step back so there was this uh guy who got a boon and uh, he had a power to ask anything he wanted and he asked for a very powerful offspring like his son like whoever comes he wanted them to be very powerful and he ha- and so whenever they get a boon like this right they 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 say statements like i cannot be killed by this i cannot be killed by a man i cannot be killed by an animal i cannot be killed by so when they are asking for a boon there is this specifications right so he asked for that and his son could not be killed by any of the things except a woman okay like that was the that is the boon he got because women are very uh, weak right like they are very the only reason why they exist is because humans can experience them you know through lust i think, I think uh, the thing is like everything what happens is like the especially in these like hindu mythological stories is like the uh, the villain or the asura asks for something the gods they find like a defect you know like a tech yeah 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 exactly <laughs> you know like uh, legal terms they say like in the clause in terms and conditions in terms and conditions yeah, one exactly <laughs> take that and yeah. take this so yeah. i what you're telling the story of mahishasura so like what he said yeah, was mahishasura you cannot be killed by any man so the gods yeah. realized oh i can't be killed by any man but he can be killed by a woman you know what like it's so crazy like mahishasura is born when his father uh got a buffalo impregnated did you know that uh i've heard of it yeah yeah so and he's also so the mahishasura right like i cannot give more details about his father like there is a name to that like a lot of names i can't just remember them but this guy he's also a shape shifter so he's like a uh he has a lot of perks but then like shiva vishnu uh lord of like nobody could kill him like he just fall and it just he just come back again so what all the gods would do is they put all their energy and they just created a female god like they they manifested a female god who was durga and every god gave their weapon to that goddess so durga or chamundi both yeah 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 and then there is this whole sequence of how she comes and how she kills him maybe i'm going to cover that more in one of a solo episode where i'll just dig deeper and like explain detail about this story because it's just so fascinating and she just kills uh, that rakshasa at the end of the story and that's how the rakshasa end right this rakshasa has a certain characteristics like they are pure evil man like they have lust they have all the like negative like greed all of those right i just started thinking like we human beings we also have all of these things right and we want goddess durga to internally kill all these negative things so we have a rakshasa inside us like, like imagine this entire story happened within you where there is a rakshasa within you which needs to be killed so it's like this entire mythological stories can happen within you also where every bad guy 
has a particular strong negative trait with there are a lot of chances that even you can also have a a part of that trait in you like lust or greed or anything like that so you seeking uh, goddess durga when you chant right you're basically uh manifesting that you know i have this negative like demon in me come and kill it like all the negative thoughts like come and kill those negative thoughts that like this is my personal interpretation of how i read all of these stories man like if like you listen to any of durga's uh, uh songs or there are different different things right or at least when you read about them you basically manifesting that energy mm-hmm. inside you when you want a source of positive energy to kill that negative uh side that is there in you to shed light like each story is so fascinating and it's so it's a process of self discovery man like at the end of it all like you are beyond who you think you are like this physical body if it has so much memories like in terms of evolution perspective right each and everything that we have in our body to each and every bone it has evolved it has evolved to accustom the current environment like we have adapted to be more uh like how do i put this like to incorporate uh whatever is going on currently in the nature right like we have we have adapted to that if our physical body has a capability to evolve that way we are all a speck of energy right like at the end of it all like our life energy and energy can neither be created nor be destroyed which means our energy has existed since existence started like since creation started we our energy has existed like even when we die according to hindu uh, scriptures this life energy leaves this body and it picks up another body right so this energy can neither be destroyed nor be uh, created like it just transforms right so that energy imagine how much memory that energy has so i think that's what we are all like trying to tap into or that's what our ancestors also try to tap into man like just what do you think about that yeah for sure and to like add on to your interpretation right so in every story across all uh, types of ethnicities or whatever you want to call it right especially in hindu mythological stories the birth of every villain the birth of every asura the birth of every rakshasa is because of a god only a god is the one who comes and you know gives the birth or gives is the reason for the existence of ravana kumkarna mahishasura everything right basmasura it, it's a god who created this and like the thing is like gods create their own demons right and that shows like gods are in a way human as well right we are creating our own difficulties and to think of this from a human sense like you said we the rakshasas are like you know they they showcase something that's wrong within us and we need to correct it we are the ones who create our bad habits as well as gods we are the ones who give rise to our you know our our worst tendencies and we are the ones who should come up with a way to destroy them 
and that's what's and that's the whole life cycle we get into something we create our bad behaviors and then within our bad behaviors you have to create something find ourselves and destroy that bad behavior and come out the better person so that's the story the thing is like the gods themselves are creating their demons so it's it's fascinating and it's it, and that's the continuous cycle of life right that's the continuous cycle of life that's the continuous cycle of change it's ebb and flow it's all, everything's just everything's change everything has to change and mm-hmm. there are good times there are bad times we create our bad times we create our good times so yeah that's the only thing and this ebb and flow and this change is what you've said has been it's it's in us from like millions of years so yeah so that's a that's a beautiful thing it's a flow of cosmic events you know that's what i like to call it like we are just a vessel of a flow of cosmic events where we are everybody's life is interconnected some rich guy some president somewhere can just go bonkers and click on the nuclear like launch button and then we like it can just decide a fate of all of us so every single life form on this earth is interconnected with each other and we all shape and create each other's destiny it's this harmony and expression of cosmic flow of things you know like we're just being a vessel and there's this energy flowing through all of us and the source of that energy is the same you know what i mean like i am shaping your destiny by talking to you right now and you are shaping my destiny by talking to me right now we can just end this podcast 5 minutes before and that could trigger a chain of events that could alter my life and just a minute later like 5 minutes late that could change that my life would be completely different in a way you're framing my destiny and i'm framing your destiny and it's this beautiful dance and that's what we do every single day right from someone else's fault and we get stuck in a traffic and then we can't reach to the hospital on time and someone else dies like it's just every single event in this world is connected man like when we just zoom out right everything is just moving in a very harmonious fashion and we are a part of a bigger picture which is beautiful to me yeah everything's connected everything's moving and like tying this back to where we started from where how my love for comedy or you doing podcast and it's that yeah we do find things to hold on to find a purpose or whatever things that you know get us happiness or whatever and we move on with it and we we tend to hold on to it but life waits for no one time waits for no one change is constant and change keeps on happening and going it, it doesn't matter if you're feeling like an imposter it doesn't matter if you don't believe in yourself or something it just goes on and you just have to keep adapting to this change because in the end that's everything if you are going to continue with it well and good continue if not yeah you're not there's like like there is like no the big meaning is that there is no meaning i feel in a way yeah the sense yeah. that yeah we are so powerless and so powerful at the same time like when we think of the last two years post pandemic and everything it feels like everything has changed but also nothing has changed like i it went by so fast so 
that's the thing yeah. i guess the so, duality of life yeah man i think <laughs> i'm just zoned out and thinking about like what we just had a conversation the last part right holy shit man i think every once in a while we just have to detach from ourselves and see ourselves being a part of a bigger picture being a part of this entire universe you know like we are being at the center of it and what a great way to end this podcast thank you so much vaishak for this a special episode like this golden jubilee episode like 50th and i have expressed so many different thoughts that i had from a very long time but i didn't get a chance to talk about them and thanks to you that now i got a chance to express those things so thank you vaishak thanks for having me sankarshan congrats on 50 here's to 500 more and uh, <laughs> yeah we are everything keep keep thinking everybody keep thinking keep listening and there's always things to talk about and everyone's life everyone's single day is interesting so be tell your stories and listen and yep that's about it take care drink milk <laughs> take care ladies and gentlemen thank you so much this podcast is now recorded on video as well as audio if you want to listen to the audio version head to jio savan spotify gana apple podcast google podcast and if you want to look at me if you want to look at vaishak then head to youtube so mainly yeah. vaishak <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see how charming he is go to youtube <laughs> bye 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 ladies and gentlemen take care everybody A Sankarshan Joshi trip. <laughs>